Hello, I'm Leslie Dudley Corbell, and I'm Diane Doucette Matthews. Welcome to The Mind of a Child. We're so glad you've joined us for today's conversation. So let's settle in, take a deep breath together, and see what we can talk about. Well, we have another question from one of our listeners. This question reads like this. How much input should a parent have in what career slash college their child pursues? And that's not very applicable to our audience because they're, you know, younger children. But we've reworked it a little bit. And we think a different word for input would be influence. So we're going to reword it. How much influence should a parent have in the future career in college that their child pursues? I think that's great. Mm Because when I think of input, I think of a story from my childhood. Okay. And I was a high schooler looking for colleges to go to. And I had decided that I wanted to go to SMU or Wellesley. Well, my dad said, you can apply to wherever you want and you can go wherever you want, but the check is going to Vanderbilt. (laughs) So I think that's a great example of input. My dad had a lot of input into where Mm -hmm. I went because he... He was paying for it. That's right. And it worked out to your advantage. Yes. Way. Yes. And really, we need to influence and put input into our children. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because the whole idea of influence to me really comes up with early childhood. We're really mm. starting then to plant these seeds and to nurture our children. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this. What does this question look like for yes. a parent yeah, with, and, with a young and child? It's, it's much broader than just career or college. Because, I mean, when they're a newborn or young or even three, five, seven, we're not talking specifically all the time about college and career, and yet we do touch on that subject. But there's so many other things that we're influencing them in. So um, in the course of our conversation, we came up with quite a few things that we want to inspire them in train them in, in the process of also giving them a real love for learning, which that starts when they're younger. So how do we inspire and train our children? So let's just list them, and then we'll talk about how we could really do that. So a heart toward God. To listen and observe. Yes. And to have a desire to learn grow, be curious, ask questions. And I found this scripture just last week, and I thought it was really an excellent one. The mind of the prudent acquires knowledge. The ear of the wise seeks knowledge. And so that's what we want to inspire and train our children to be prudent and to be wise. Help them recognize their strengths and their own giftedness to explore opportunities, and to be willing and excited for change. You know, not to be fearful of new adventures. To respect authority, to seek wise counsel. Um, To have desires to serve others. You know, like I'm thinking to even have a purpose, a calling, a career, to be a mom or a dad or different ways that they serve other people. And that's a big lifelong search. There are many books out there about having a purpose and mm. finding your finding a purpose. And so, yes, I think that's something we want to help our children with. That's right. And last but not least, to be men and women of faith that love their spouse and their family well. The big question is, how do we do this? Yeah, that's a tall order. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tall, tall order. So um, 
We looked at the scripture, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as yourself. And that being the the key or the grid that we took this from, four major key points. First would be pray. I think it's important to, you know, communicate your values, to live out your values. And so some people I know do family mission statements. We're going to do an episode on that. Yes. And we had one. We reworked it as our kids got older. And it wasn't like I've heard some some people have it printed and on their refrigerator or have it in calligraphy and hang it on their walls. Hank and I never did do that. But we knew deep down what they were. But that's very important to have those. It's something that you can fall back on. So, yeah, that's a very, very important one. Community. You know, when we moved here, we didn't have family, you know, so we built our church home was our family and our community. Serve, serve others. And one thing, and I know I've said this before in some of our episodes, but I think it's important to remember that for very young children, that act of service is really more meaningful when it's someone in their their world. So serving someone, you know, helping bake something for one of the parents or a sibling, taking a meal to the next door neighbor, people that they know and that are in their world, they can really understand that. Yeah, you know, identify with them. So they really, they know that person and then they see it really doing some benefit. Even more, being able to work alongside you in the home, you know, help you with chores or jobs or whatever you want to call them, just mm-hmm. the, just what it is to be a family. So taking part in that is so meaningful. So I would say one of our mission statements as the Mind of a Child podcast is passing on the idea of being present with God so that you can be present with your child. And we've repeated that over and over and over again. Leslie, what would you say that means? Drawing near to him. Yeah. Spending time with him, letting him be my purpose, being fully present with him in scripture, through Bible study, prayer, the peace, the calm, the clarity, the wisdom and discernment that he then provides. Yeah. And then when he provides that, then we can pass that on. You know, if we don't have that, we don't have anything to pass on. So... That's the big picture that we're going to draw from when we go into how do we do these things. The things that we've just listed, now we've, we've come back on. So how do we do this? We're going back to the original question, how do we influence our kids with their choice of career or college? So we talked about wanting our children to have their heart and mind turned towards God. So how do we do that? We have our heart and our mind turned toward God. You know, what are your morning habits? I'm reading through the Bible recap and enjoying that. So kind of cultivating your own morning habits. So what do your children see you doing? What do they see as your priorities during the day? I mean, I remember our kids saying, you know, they they would see daddy, you know, with his Bible opened. Mine wasn't first thing in the morning. I'm not a real morning person, so they didn't see me in the morning. But I would do my studying. But I think the what are your daily priorities? That's a good one, to have a heart towards God. Second one is huge also. Listen and observe. So listen to your children. Reflect back their conversation. Mm. Observe them. What is it they enjoy doing? What is it they are doing, period, that mm-hmm. day? Just be in that moment. And, you know, if we want them to be good listeners and them to be observant, 
we can demonstrate how to observe. Example, you know, walking outside and observing the leaves and the trees and the rocks and the bugs and just being good observers ourselves. If we're wanting to put language into being observant of the children, you might say, oh, you're playing with blocks right now. Mm -hmm. You're building something. Mm -hmm. Because that really brings you to being present with them. That's right. And then the third one, to have a desire to continue to learn, grow, be curious, ask questions, solve problems. How can we encourage that? Learn ourselves, read, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Make things with your hands, whether it's painting, embroidery, anything you enjoy working on. Let them see you that you enjoy creating. Right. And I was even thinking like dads with boys. You know, we just gave examples for moms with girls, but building, working on the cars, playing ball, just whatever. That gives them the opportunity to do those creative things, just get involved with them. And I Um, want to put a word of encouragement there because I know sometimes when we invite our children into the activities that we enjoy doing, it can make then our activity maybe not go as quickly (laughs) As perhaps our creative heart desired it to go because uh-huh. we brought in a, just consider the gift that you're passing on to your child then. Maybe it will take longer to build whatever you were building mm-hmm. or cook whatever you're cooking, but it was just a wonderful moment to bring them into that. Talk about a little bit the curiosity and ask questions because we were talking about this earlier and I said, let's teach them to be curious, but you said... We can be curious, but not ask questions. Mm. So let's have spaces. And of course, children love to ask questions. And so allow them to ask those questions. And you ask questions of them. If they share something with you, here's a rock. Oh, then ask them a question about it. Oh, where did you find it? Can you describe it? How does it feel? Go ahead and just be in that moment with them and ask them a question. Don't just, oh, that's nice, and move on to the next thing. Yeah, and be in that moment. You know, I was thinking about moment time. All this takes slowing down. That's difficult in this day and age. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're a grandmother or a mom with just one child, time is a precious commodity. And it's hard to take those moments and slow down. So, um, yeah, it's a challenge Mm -hmm. for each one of us to do that. But that's where it's going to be very beneficial for your child later on. Just listening to you, I think about lingering in that moment. Mm. So just an encouragement to when a child opens or offers a moment to you, linger in it. I love that word. That's a good questions of it. Yeah. Lingering. Even saying the word, you have to linger in that word. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. So how do you teach a child to problem solve? Well, first you're going to be modeling problem solving. When you have problems that you experience, you could always let them see the process. The process. That's good. Yeah. And, you know, instead of looking at the, you know, focusing in on the problem, Focus in on the solution. Yes. 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 You can, you know, expand the problem and just concentrate on the problem the whole time. And then it gets out of, you know, make a mountain out of a molehill instead of going, no, 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 there's a solution here. Let's just think, let's think about the solution here, you know, and then that would give them that frame of reference. Let's always go to the solution first. And we talk about that in one of our episodes on problem solving. I know, we do. <laughs> so that's we? a good one to go back to. <laughs> that is Listen a good to. one to go back to. How about recognize their strengths and their giftedness and to explore opportunities and to be excited for change? Yes, we can allow opportunities for the children to explore their interests through activities that they enjoy. And what were some examples? 
I thought about might be a musical gift that they enjoy. Maybe someone's gifted at piano or guitar, letting them explore that, letting them share that with other family members. Then the example of the rock. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, someone who enjoys nature and science and children love to bring <laughs> rocks and leaves and twigs and everything to you. But do you have to enjoy if they bring in like a bug or a snake <laughs> or a frog? Well, perhaps you could find it a home, you know? Yeah, yes. a home quickly. Yes. Let's find a little home for this. Thing. I remember Madeline having a little, you know, little caterpillars and mm-hmm. just bring, and making boxes for them to yes. live in. And it was a really mm-hmm. sad day when the, the, <laughs> the caterpillar's last day was a very sad day. But just being in those yes. moments with them and letting them be curious about things. That's right. Asking them questions about them, looking up for information about it. Being excited about something new, something different. And, you know, I think about even going, taking them to new places, you know, taking them to new places, but letting them enjoy new experiences. Always think about, have they done this before? Well, if not, let them experience it. You know, I think new things, new experiences and new opportunities are are good for children. And then within all that, the encouragement to parents out there, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Oh, It doesn't have to be a big, expensive because the most meaningful part of it is that you're with them. Yeah. Wherever it is new, you're with them and exploring yes. it. I remember walking, taking the kids on campus and letting them ride the bus. That was such a big deal. And that was not expensive. But it was just like, oh, my goodness, we're sitting on a bus and we're riding around mm-hmm. seeing people. I mean, that was that was a thrill. So, yeah, you can do things that are not, that's not expensive, just a new, yeah. new experience. Yeah. And then the next one is to respect authority and seek wise counsel. We had little story Bibles that we would read from, Mm -hmm. and that was really important to us. Yeah, I mean, just reading through it's going to give us God's principles and standards. I mean, He is our ultimate authority, and it's for our good. Those truths are going to be talked about Mm -hmm. and shared So that's going to happen automatically. And wise counsel, I mean, I think of um, just going to a friend for wise counsel and they see us doing that. They're going to see that it's okay to do that. And so, yeah, I think it just happens automatically when we're in God's word together as a family and with our kids. The next one, to have desires to serve others. And I think we talked about this a little bit before, but just a purpose of helping the needy or the hurting. You talked about bringing Mm -hmm. meals and serving others. And so I think there's a theme here, don't you? Yes, I think there is a theme here. So if there is something you desire for your children, Mm -hmm. then it's going to be something that you're going to live out Mm -hmm. for your children. Your children learn so much just by watching you and being with you. Mm -hmm. They learn how you interact with others, and they will have this curiosity for learning and growing just, mm-hmm. just, just, yeah. we, just as you do. And yeah. <laughs> that so, could be good and that could be yeah, bad yeah. That, that they'd learn from us. Yeah. But if there is something you want your child to grow in, then grow in it also with God. Mm-hmm. I remember when Hans was little, we were sitting outside Madeline's piano lesson and we were sitting in the hallway and someone came along with a real confused look on their face. And so I stood up and so mm. I helped them find their directions of where they were going to go and pointed it to them and I smiled and then I sat back down. And Hans turned to me and said, you like helping people, Mom. Oh, that's so sweet. He saw, oh, so we help people. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. And so it's just really important to think about those small things that children pick up on. They're watching us. They are watching us. So I found this survey 
of childhood <laughs> jobs and adults looking back on them, the top ones that children chose when they were, they were young. And I thought it'd be kind of fun to go into this since we're talking about children and jobs and college choices, vocational school. So Diane, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my goodness, this is so funny when I think back of this. I wanted to be a hairdresser. I just wanted to fix people's hair. And I remember at a point in time when my mom got me, I think you can remember this or most of it. I don't know if my the audience is going to remember this, but it was a, a stand-up hair dryer. Remember the, the oh, one that yes. would, you know, just click like over your head and you'd sit down. I don't know. I don't know. But they bought me one of those and I had pink brushes and combs and pink curlers, all this pink paraphernalia that went with this blow dryer. Because Well, they didn't have blow dryers yeah. back then. That was the dryer, you know, that you sat under. So that's what I wanted to be, a hairdresser. Well, when I was little, I wanted to do, I wanted to be a, a homemaker, mm. a writer, and a oh. talk show host. Oh, wow. You had high aspirations. I did. <laughs> I did. And so I'm really... Um, grateful that I kind of am doing the three of them now at, at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun. But I, I do want to pause a moment and hold out that idea of homemaker mm. as a wonderful job. It is. I'm really thankful for the opportunities that I had as a homemaker. And, you know, if you look at Proverbs 31, it just paints this humongous picture, rich, colorful, varied um, lifespan of a woman who is a homemaker. Mm-hmm. Very industrious, and she honors God. Even in Titus 2, it, it says, Older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children to live wisely and be pure and to work in their homes. We can be very creative about how we do that, and um, I, I appreciate that that's what you wanted to do. Now, I didn't really have those aspirations until mm-hmm. after I became a Christian in college. And then it was like, oh, wow, yes, that's what I want to do. But I think that's where the freedom is. We have that picture of Proverbs 31, where she did so many different things. And yet, nowadays, we have the opportunity to do that creatively within our homes. Well, and I appreciate you saying that too, because, you know, sometimes reality is you do work outside the home and Mm -hmm. that it's necessary to work outside the home. But um, when you turn your heart towards home and any time that you invest in your family, Mm. you'll be richly rewarded. Amen. So let's go into that survey. This was so fun to look at, I thought. The top 10 for girls are, starting with number one, teacher, doctor, veterinarian, movie star, writer, (laughs) artist, fashion designer, musician, business owner, and a chef. And then the top 10 for boys. Number one's pro athlete. (laughs) Number two, doctor comes Mm -hmm. in at number two for both. Mm -hmm. Musician, police officer, business owner, superhero, teacher, movie star, architect, Mm. And firefighter. Wow. So where did your kids fall into these? My son wanted to be a pro athlete. Uh And my daughter, actually, she's not in the list here with one of hers. She wanted to be a cowgirl artist. (laughs) A cowgirl (laughs) artist. Well, yeah, I had, I was, my boys were really up there with the pro athlete. 
Definitely. <laughs> we have a couple of architects, and my daughter was uh, wanted to be a wild dancer, a wild girl. <laughs> <laughs> but she wound up being an artist and a photographer. So, yeah, these are great. These are so fun. fun. The interesting thing this survey found out was that 67% did not fulfill their childhood dream mm. of these one of these jobs. And 58% wished that they had. Now, that's the one that we need to look at. Yeah. That they wish they had. Yes, mm. because I think one of the observations I've made recently as I've gotten older is that I'm not so sure I had the confidence to mm. aspire to my dream jobs, although now it's, I am doing them, but it took me a, quite a while to get to those that's dream right. jobs. The idea is helping our children be confident mm-hmm. and knowing that there's no mystery in doing these things, because, you know, children are magical thinkers, fantasy. They they think of these things that they want to do, mm-hmm. not necessarily the things that they see people do daily, but these sort of kind of in the sky things that they want to do, and we should let them have that. But the key is talking with them about how you become these things. That's right. Oh, so you want to be a cowgirl? What do cowgirls need? You know, yeah. just having those conversations and those curiosity, you know, opening the door for them to think about that. And taking them to a rodeo and letting Mm -hmm. them see cowgirls in action and letting them, you know, have a little outfit, you know, just kind of expand their horizons there. That these are things people do. You're at the grocery store. There are people working there. There are people you pass on the street. There Mm -hmm. are people you see. Everyone has a role in the community. That's right. And just talking about that, I wonder how they get to that role. Mm -hmm. What are the things that they do? That's great. I love it. Let them dream and help them plan. Yes. I think that's a good summation of this. It is, Mm -hmm. because I think we've talked about keeping that door open Mm -hmm. and listening to them. Because there's something sometimes when children come up with ideas and we want to brush over it or brush past it, you know, closing that door and dismissing it can shut down future exploration and creativity and problem solving. So we really just want to talk to them about it. Or be realistic, like, no, you do not want to pick up garbage for the rest of your life. Well, when they're a child and they see the garbage man coming by, that looks pretty cool. They're yes. jumping on the back of a truck and moving down. Well, Performing a service. And you know what? It's necessary. Mm-hmm. Don't be so realistic, but just let them dream and help them plan. That's right. So we came up with a nice little acrostic. Easy, yeah, acrostic. acrostic. Yes, yeah. for you to remember this. Lobs. Because yeah. it's easy to set it up and it's easy for them to return. That's right. And keep problem solving, keep thinking, dreaming, planning. So listen is the L. O is the observe. Be present. Mm-hmm. And S is seek God's direction. Listen, observe, be present, and seek God's direction. Lord, we do thank you that we have children that are so curious and they want to learn. I pray that you would help every person listening right now to inspire and train their children to dream big and help them plan so that they will be confident to choose their path and to seek God in what they choose. So we thank you for today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Check out our Instagram at the Mind of a Child Pod, or you can email us at the Mind of a Child Podcast at gmail.com.
This episode of The Mind of a Child is brought to you by Duncan and Stone, makers of keepsake journals that help you capture your family's favorite memories. With simple guided prompts and plenty of space for photos, and I took so many pictures of my kids, Duncan and Stone's journals help you easily organize life's special moments. As a mother of two, I know how quickly time flies, and I really thought I'd remember everything that happened. I wish so badly that something like this existed when my children were growing up. One of my absolutely favorite products of Duncan and Stone is their Dear Son and Dear Daughter journals. These journals help you pray over your child each year while also capturing your favorite memories together so that by the time they turn 18, you have an entire childhood worth of memories all stored in one place and not all over the house. Not only are Duncan and Stone's journals beautifully designed, I love the cream one especially. They're also heirloom quality, meaning everything about them was chosen to last for generations. You can check out all of Duncan and Stone's products online at duncanandstone.com or follow the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. 